Welcome to Startup Cornell, a podcast exploring the bold entrepreneurial ideas coming from our students, faculty, staff, and young alumni. I'm Kathy Havis, your host, and today we're going to talk with Jamie Kim, member of the class of 2019, who's the founder and CEO of Jamie's Farm. We're excited to hear the story of how she created her fabulous granola company and what inspires her as an entrepreneur. To find out more about entrepreneurship at Cornell and see the show notes from this episode, visit eship.cornell.edu. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're so glad that you could be with us today. So I always wanted to start with you having the opportunity to tell us a little bit about your company. So if you can give us a little 30-second pitch about what you guys do, that would be awesome. Yeah, sure. Jamie's Farm is an artisan granola company focused on fresh local ingredients and unique savory and sweet flavors baked with grass-fed ghee and honey. All of our flavors can be used on more than just yogurt, but also on top of soups and salads in place of croutons. So we have four core flavors, vanilla bean, rosemary, H cheddar, and black truffle. And we just won two Sophie Awards from the Specialty Food Association over the last year. And you can find our products in select retailers across the nation, online, and Amazon. Wow, congratulations, that's exciting. So I know that you started this company, at least the idea of this company, when you were still a student at Cornell. So can you tell us a little bit about how that process started or how you got inspired to create granola? I was actually making granola for my friends and family ever since I was in high school. And for me, granola was this humble platform, this great snack that we would just always munch on that I felt was a really great platform to just showcase all these different flavors and ingredients from local farms. It was really after several years of them asking for my granola that I decided to actually launch this business while I was going to school at Cornell. I took this idea, pitched it to my marketing class, and I realized that more classmates started asking for it. And that's how I really started the business. That's great. So coming in as a hotel school student, you didn't necessarily think you were going to school to become an entrepreneur or have your own business, or did you kind of have that idea even going in like, oh, someday I think I might have to have my own company. So when I was in high school, I was actually really passionate about the fine dining industry. And I always thought that I was going to open up one of the world's best restaurants. Originally going into the hotel school, I went in with this experience working at 11 Madison Park, which is a three Michelin star restaurant in New York City. Um, it's rated one of the best in the world, actually. And so I thought that was exactly what I was getting myself into. So I think on some level, I always thought I was going to be a business owner or you know, even when I was on Cornell's campus, I wanted to open up like an Etsy shop or something. So I didn't know to what degree I really wanted to do it, but I always thought that I was going to do something. I know that you guys were part of eLab and some other Cornell kinds of organizations. Can you talk a little bit about any experiences at Cornell or any classes or mentors or groups that you were involved in that really helped shape you as an entrepreneur or helped you grow this idea? It's really interesting thinking back to my sophomore year when I decided to first start my business because I didn't know anything about business. I think that in many ways will stop a lot of people from actually pursuing the idea. But I think the first step is to really just start and try to sell a product and hear what people are saying about it. So my sophomore year, I decided to launch the business. I learned a lot throughout that summer. And then it was my junior year that I heard about eLab and I ended up uh, getting into the accelerator. And that was the first time where I really learned about entrepreneurship in more of like an educational sense. 
of really just interviewing customers to figure out who your customer is, the problem that you're solving, and then the solution, which really comes after you figure out all of that. That was throughout my junior year. And I think that, you know, had I done that a little bit earlier, it, it could have been really beneficial in how I started the business. But I'm I'm really happy that I was able to you know start with that pretty early on. I took a lot of other entrepreneurship classes after I did ELab because I found entrepreneurship and the entire subject of all of it so invigorating, and I felt like I was really learning a lot. And I really found my community at Cornell. And do you still keep in touch with any of those people that are fellow entrepreneurs that are around your age or had were part of ELab or companies? I always wonder if all of you kind of network with each other and keep in touch. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's one other food business uh, that also went through eLab at the same time. We're still in touch and in some of the same circles since we're both in the CPG industry and really some other students as well who, you know, maybe aren't still working on their business, but I felt like that year was just, you know, it was such a bonding experience for all of us that I still stay in touch. What do you think it is about yourself or your personality or the skills you have that make you want to be an entrepreneur or make you a good fit for an entrepreneur rather than like someone who's going to work in a, a big company or not necessarily be an entrepreneur? certain things that personality characteristics you think you have that lend themselves to entrepreneurship? It is a really interesting question. I think about this a lot, but when I was growing up, I feel like I always wanted to create a project for myself, something that, you know, maybe I just dreamed of because I was always like a daydreamer when I was in school. So I would go home and, you know, create a project for myself. Like, you know, I'm going to build a dollhouse out of paper or something and, you know, just work on it. I just think that I was very, you know, maybe active in like physically in terms of sports, but also just had a lot of time to myself where I was able to, you know, just imagine a lot of things. So you have a lot of creativity and a lot of ideas going around in your head all the time. I think a lot of creativity. Yeah. I think also because I enjoy processes so much rather than just getting to the end. I love like the entire journey. And so I think that's also part of the reason why. So I think a lot of, you know, passion, but also just patience. So I'm sure along the way um, you've received a lot of advice from people. Um, other entrepreneurs or your parents or whoever else giving you advice on like what what to do or along the way in your business. Can you talk about like some of the best pieces of advice you have received along the way? And then perhaps if there's any bad advice that you're happy that you didn't actually follow? I would say the best pieces of advice really follow along in the same lines. Uh, one of my mentors, Katrina Markov, she runs this luxury chocolate company out in Chicago. And I did an accelerator program with her while I was in school, actually, uh, during one of the summers, but she had this strong emphasis on, you know, really leading with your heart rather than, you know, just following your brain all the time, like what is logical. And I think that that's something that's really difficult to do because it puts you in such a vulnerable position and you really have to trust your gut instinct. But I, I think it was really valuable because it also lines up with what a professor at Cornell told me, which is to define what success means for you. So I think in the journey of entrepreneurship, it's just such an emotional experience that I think it's really important to tune into your why and, you know, why you're doing this, because, you know, there are going to be a lot of challenges and bumps. I think it's important to say like, this is why, otherwise we wouldn't put ourselves through it. I would say like it has to feel naturally fulfilling in some way. I constantly think about that and allow that to 
guide my decisions rather than, you know, chasing after a number. That's great advice. I think it's hard to recall off the top of my head because if it was terrible advice, I probably wouldn't have taken it or remembered. But I did hear a piece of advice that someone said, which was to not take any advice. And I think that's really interesting because I think at the end of the day, it is your business and you're in the best position to make the decisions for yourself. So you could listen to other people's experiences and allow that to guide you. But, you know, to just follow other people's advice is something that they advised against. Right, right. Which is probably smart. So I think one interesting thing about being an entrepreneur is that you have to wear all these different hats. You have to be good at developing your product and passionate about what it is. You have to be able to sell it. You have to be um, able to like navigate the financial accounting piece of it. And you also have to be a great human resource person to deal with people that you're going to have working for you or um, people who are providing products for you. What are some of the lessons that you've learned or the tactics that you've learned about how to get people to buy into your mission or your goal or to be part of your team? Like what are some of the ways you motivate people that you work with? I think it's really all about demonstrating passion and trying to find the people that really see your vision and align with you. For me, whenever I'm working with others, I always have this question of what moves you because I think skills can only take you so far, but it's really passion that can allow you to, you know, thrive and grow together and, you know, really benefit each other in this whole learning experience. So I think it's really just about being your most authentic self to attract the people that you want to work with. And I know you have probably when you were developing your product, you had many different iterations of flavors. Talk a little bit about how is flexibility also something that as an entrepreneur, um, you have to be willing to say, okay, well, I tried this and nobody likes this flavor or um, we tried this and it's like a runaway success. I would have had no idea. How did you with a food product like deal with that? unknown. We've gone through a lot of different flavors. And I remember when I was even at Cornell, I was testing a lot of flavors inside my apartment and just giving it to friends and asking for their honest opinion. So some of them, you know, they said that they didn't really like it as much. Others, you know, they were huge fans of. And so it was just a natural and gradual process of doing that over the years. But we also used our online store to launch new flavors, um, limited edition runs to garner feedback from our customers. There was some where I expected it to do well, but you know, it turns out once you put it on there, it doesn't really sell as well as you expect, but it's all about really listening to your customer. So I'd love to know if you have developed like a personal mission statement that you try to think about when you go through your day-to-day life as an entrepreneur and and a person. I would say personally, I just try to experience life to the fullest, really. And I know that it sounds a little bit cliche, but it really is this constant feeling that I have that I have to go out there, get to know as many people as I possibly can experience as much as I can and really just be open-minded about everything and just, you know, learn a lot along the way. And that goes for your life as well as your business. I mean, it's probably advantageous for you to meet a lot of different people in in your company, but just in general. Exactly. And I think that's in part why I chose to do this business, uh, because it allows me to live this life that I want to live, which is to meet a lot of people in the world. So talk about your daily routine. Like, what do you do first thing in the morning? Do you um, get up and, you know, have some crazy exercise routine? Or do you like 
look at your email, like what's your normal schedule for the day? So usually I like to wake up really early, not to get things just done and out of the way, but because I feel like the mornings are when I can think the most clearly and they're no distractions like my phone. So usually I'll wake up around 5.30 or 6 and I'll um, do some sort of exercise, whether it's yoga or a walk around the block or um, some sort of workout inside. And then I'll make myself a cup of coffee every day. And that's usually my only cup. But I like doing a pour over coffee because um, it's just like a slow and gradual process, which I really enjoy um, having that moment to myself in the morning. And if you had 15 minutes of free time sometime during the day, how would you spend it? Usually I like to journal a lot. So I like getting my ideas down and just writing, you know, different reflections or ideas or plans for the future, whatever it is. I think it's really nurturing for, you know, both my personal and also my business life. It's always really helpful for, I think, young entrepreneurs to hear from um, people who've done this about what tools you use that make your life easier, either like software or apps or um, communication tools or any other things that you use. One of the people you talked to said they have a really good backpack. Yeah, sure. So I love Notion, uh, which is like a note-taking app. And it also allows me to manage different projects, but I really use it for everything. And I mentioned... I have my bullet journal. Actually, on the side, I have been doing some social media projects for another notebook company. I've gotten a lot of notebooks from that company, which I use all the time. So I've gotten really into bullet journaling. And then I would say my calendar (laughs) in general. So those are the three things. Are there any habits that you have with your business that you think are important to your daily routine that you have felt like have really helped your business to move forward? Specific things you do related to your business? Sure. So it took me a little while to figure out how I wanted to structure my own schedule, essentially as like a solopreneur, because, you know, I'm the person that I have to keep accountable. And so what I realized really helped was to check my email during certain hours in the day, instead of, you know, checking it constantly throughout the day, because that will sometimes, you know, move me away from the project that I was working on usually like around late afternoon or like first thing in the morning. Um, I'll specify those hours, but I found that that really helps. Another thing is that I really enjoy time blocking. So I recently got another tool, which is uh, this time clock, which, you know, you can set a certain amount of time and it, it displays it really large and bright red right in front of you. So it reminds you that you have like 45 minutes to complete a task. And I found that that can be really helpful, that sense of urgency and really prioritizing what is actually important to complete. Wow, that's great. And it doesn't make you feel like you're back in high school with like a standardized test or anything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I actually know noticed this in myself the other day because, you know, again, I love the creative projects. Like I was crafting an email marketing campaign. You know, I had five minutes left and I kept saying, oh, this could look better or it could be a little bit more aesthetic. But then I realized that it wasn't that important. And so I just put it away and stopped because there was only five minutes. Can you talk a bit about if there are any specific books or blogs or journals or even Twitter feeds that you read religiously that you really find helpful or or books that, you know, kinds of books that you like to read or authors that you like or anybody that you follow that you feel like really speaks to you. So in terms of 
business and creativity, I really enjoy following uh, Jenny Britton Bauer. She's an ice cream maker, the founder of Jenny's Splendid Ice Creams. I think that she's really inspiring and again, embodies the sense of, you know, entrepreneurship, creativity, and just perseverance. I just really enjoy following her Instagram and hearing her wisdom. In terms of other authors, I really enjoy reading Adam Grant books. So I think just like redefining what we usually think of in terms of entrepreneurship or just like how to think. I enjoy reading his books. Those are the top two that I can think of. Jenny has like uh, some unusual ice cream flavors, right? Some kind of like I'm thinking cayenne pepper or something in some of her ice cream. Yeah, exactly. She was a perfume maker before she was an ice cream maker. Oh, interesting. You're such a young entrepreneur, so you're just beginning, but um, what do you consider so far has been like one of your greatest successes? And then can you talk a little bit about what the next steps might be or what the next few years you hope might be for your company? What kinds of things you're looking forward to or what new adventures you have planned? I would say the greatest success really is just sticking to this business for as long as I have. I think when I first started it, I didn't have you know, huge plans for it, you know, like I would, I would say that my goal back then was really to sell at the specialty food stores and really become a part of the artisan scene and, you know, exchange my granola and have other people, you know, just have it bring some level of joy into their lives. And I feel like I've already been doing that. And I think sometimes it's so easy to feel as though you haven't done that much over the last few years and not appreciate the journey or like where you've come. But I think at the end of the day, I would feel really proud because I've already done exactly what I set out to do. And I'm doing more than I had ever anticipated or expected. So I think really just the patience and perseverance has been my greatest success. Over the next couple of years, I'm excited to continue growing the business. I have this vision for becoming an icon brand for the world of granola, really changing the landscape of what food looks like in in grocery stores and packaged food. You know, I set out to really reinvent the granola category and to create uh, more unique flavors made with transparently sourced ingredients. And I think one of the parts that's so fulfilling is to really share the stories of the farm farmers that we work with in the business. And so that's something that I want to continue doing, which is, you know, really just to share and tell stories of other people. I'm excited. You know, we have a couple of exciting new launches, even over the next couple of months with, you know, different online retailers across the nation and, and other grocery stores in New York City. We're just going to continue doing that and hopefully get our granola into the hands of more people. Can you think of individuals who you've heard from or like, do people write to you and say, you know, I'm just, this is such a wonderful product. Like, are those the kind of things that make you feel like you're doing the right thing? Or how do you, how do you hear from customers and how do they give you feedback? Yeah, I would say that the customers are really the best part of this because some of them are so passionate and they'll reach out to me through social media or email, um, just talking about you know, how, how life-changing the granola is in a sense. And it's a reaction that I didn't really expect, but it, it really reminds me of why I'm doing the business. There's this one woman who I actually met while I was doing a sampling demo at a Whole Foods. And that was, 
I would say two years ago that I first met her and she learned that I was a student and that, you know, I was doing this business. And ever since then, she's reached out to me through Instagram, sending me inspirational quotes and all these messages and always being so supportive. So it feels like I have like a godmother that's watching after me. But there are moments like that or, you know, I was at Green Star once and there was a woman who had heard that I was coming to demo and she wrote me a really nice Christmas card and I think moments like that I just realize like people are so kind (laughs) and I'm sure you also feel that way when you're working with your farmers who do different things I mean I'm sure they're really appreciative of the the exposure you give them online and through your social media as well as just having someone really listen to how passionate they are about making their product yeah exactly it's really invigorating again just to connect with other people who are equally as passionate about you know good food and maintaining a level like craftsmanship to what they do it's really reminded me of why I'm doing this are there other things we didn't talk about that you'd love to include or anything we didn't discuss in general I mean I'm really excited about this rebrand that we just completed we worked on it for the last eight months and so now I feel like I finally have the brand that I'm extremely excited about that really aligns with our values and I feel like I'm just ready to run with this new brand well thank you so much for spending time talking to us it's been great to share your story we'll look forward to keeping track of you and your new rebranded company as you go forward. Tell us some of the places where people might be able to find you. And and I'll also include links to your online store too. We have a store finder on our website. So you can find us in New York, LA, Chicago, Michigan. We're scattered all around the country. And you can also find us online and on Amazon. Awesome. That's great. Well, again, Jamie, thanks for coming to talk to us. And thanks for listening to the Startup Cornell podcast. We look forward to seeing you at our next episode. More information about this podcast and our notes are on the website at eship.cornell.edu.